You are listening to the postcast presented by the Locked On Senators podcast and the Glebe Central Pub. Shout out to the Glebe Central Pub at 779 Bank Street, right in the heart of the Glebe. Visit them for great food, tasty drinks, and an awesome atmosphere. I was just there Thursday. I can attest an awesome time at the Glebe Central Pub. I'm Ross Levitan. With me, as always, in the postcast, it's Brandon Pillar Pillsy. A 5-1 win for the Ottawa Senators, and they earn every single bit of it. Yep, positive Pillsy is back. This was a big win for the Sens up against a division rival and a convincing one, nonetheless, Ross. Like, there was, I'm not going to lie, when they got up to a lead, I wasn't feeling comfortable. I was like, okay, the Senators have a lead here. It's not safe. But what they did is they did a great job doing what other teams do when they have the lead, protecting it, and just Parking the bus, just shutting it down. Corpy had an amazing game. He had to make a lot of big saves early. Keeps his team in the game. And other than that one great shot from Patrick Kane, congrats. First goal is a Red Wing. Cool. Sens will take the two points. 5-1 win. Let's go, baby. Who's going to get the helmet from Vladimir Tarasenko? I'll tell you a story about mine in a little while. But this game had so many dips and doodles and, well... The one scary incident, but I don't want to start there. I do want to say we hope that Dylan Larkin's all right. That was a scary moment when he's lying out there motionless. So we are thinking about him, but we're going to bury that uh, part subplot of the game. We'll call it a little bit later because my favorite stat tonight, Pillsy, is the Ottawa Senators scoring not one, but two power play goals for the first time in a game since the home opener, a span of 20 games, and it makes up because I saw Wings fans and the rational ones, not the rodents that are crawling all over on Twitter, but they did say, look, no flow in this game, lots of power plays. Well, let me scratch my head here. October 21st, Detroit goes three for five on the power play, and it's also a disjointed game. So I'm not going to apologize for the shoe being on the other foot, and Pillsy, the Sens had to bury their chances too, and it started early with Claude Giroux getting his 100th point as a member of the Ottawa Senators. Yeah, you love to see Claude Giroux getting in the game early, and that's the thing, Ross. Like, I really felt that this was finally one of those games where I feel like there's a lot of games where Sens get good chances. They're just not able to bury them, and I thought, oh boy, Alex Lyon, he's got a pretty sparkling record and really good numbers this season. I was worried that they were going to get snake-bitten again, run into a hot goalie, but they're able to take uh, down line quite easily, and Reimer's got to come in to start the third period for the Red Wings. So that was a great job by the players you expect the Ottawa Senators to be finishing. Claude Giroux, Tarasenko, heck, even Dominic Kubalik got in the mix on this game. Uh, Timmy Stutzla, uh, Jake Sanderson, uh, basically a 200-foot goal. What an amazing shot by him on the empty netter. Like, this was just one of those games where the top-tier elite players for the Ottawa Senators, they stepped up. And not to mention, Ross, I felt like the role players, guys like Zub, JBD, those guys played their role, and this was a great team effort, and that leads to a win. We don't see that very often, but it's refreshing once in a while to see the Ottawa Senators get a convincing win on the road up against a division rival. 
And Ridley, Greg, you can't understate the importance of how he just slots everybody else in the right spot. He was being his pestful self. Yeah. I thought he was going to get in that tilt that Martian tried to call beforehand. Him and Christian Fisher going back and forth a little bit in the third period. But it was the forced turnover that he created that yep. set up Kubalik's goal. It was an unbelievable play where he makes the hit then makes the play. And that's just the type of hockey IQ that he brings to the table along with the form that allows him to play the style that he does. It was just a top-to-bottom effort for the Ottawa Senators tonight. We're going to get to our Send Central standouts. Lost more subplots on this game as well, Pilsy. But we got to put the poll up. The people want to know, who is Vladimir Tarasenko going to give the helmet to? We had Yuri Smakehouse first NHL game tonight. We had yep. Dominic Kubelik finding the back of the net against his former team, Eunice Corpusallo made save after save. This game going into the second period even could have been completely different without the play of, of uh, Eunice Corpusallo in goal. So who are you, who are we putting on the poll? And then we can narrow it down once we get to our standouts. All right. I know the chat is going to say and is saying Corpy. He had a massive game. He was a big reason they won this game. But again, you can't just go for stats with the helmet. You got you to gotta look at emotional ties. Dominic Kubalik will be getting the fire helmet here. He hasn't scored as much as uh, he would hope being brought in on the other end of that to bring trade scores a beauty, beauty goal up against his old team. You could tell that meant a lot to him. So I think Tarasenko is going to realize that and pass the fire helmet off to Dominic Kubalik. You don't think there's a chance Matthew Joseph gets it? I mean, yeah, he could be one of the guys in the running, but uh, I do think, uh, for me at least, Kubalik is the front runner. We also have to talk about how great Jake Sanderson, Jacob Chikrin, and Jacob Bernard Docker yes. were in this game. If your name's Jake, uh, yeah, honestly, any variation of that, Jake, Jacob, and Jacob. <laughs> how would you power rank the three of their performances tonight? Because there's a there's a long fall after three because those guys were all unreal. I thought this was a great game from uh, Jacob Chikrin. Like, we haven't seen him play kind of a full, complete game, both offensively and defensively in a a little while here. But he gets in the mix offensively, uh, gets an apple tonight. And if you look at uh, those stat cards, I don't know much, but I know a lot of blue is good. And Jacob Chikrin, that guy had a whole lot of blue going over to the right side. So that's good as far as I know. So I'm Stat putting guy. Dominic Kubelik, I'm putting Corpusalo, and I'm putting Yuri Smekal, and then other, and I want other to write in because I do think there's going to be a part of them going with the kid in his first NHL game. 27 years old, Pilsy, and I. the only good thing about this Sportsnet broadcast tonight was the graphic they pulled up during a, a, a quiet moment, and it showed Yuri Smekal's journey to the NHL. It was hundreds of games in multiple leagues for him to get here, So I think that that should be noted as well. Now, he obviously didn't have a huge impact on this game like the other guys that we mentioned. The score, 5-1. Senators win over the Detroit Red Wings. They go two for six on the power play. They outshoot Detroit 37-31 to in this game. I'm going to let you take the faceoff percentage because the chat's already buzzing saying Pilsy is going to love this. And who are some of the Senators who stood out in the dot? Yeah, I do love this. And look, when you're able to possess the puck like this, especially Ross, one thing to consider, and Red Wings fans will probably make this very clear, this is a team that's going 11-7, and 
They're without their second line center, or at least a guy who's been playing second line center there a lot in JT Comfer. And then you lose your top centerman and your captain, Dylan Larkin. So now you're going 10 and six without your top two centermen. So this was a team that was kind of chasing it. And then they're down on the scoreboard as well. So if you can be snapping back those draws and winning faceoffs, you're going to have a huge advantage here. And the Ottawa centers took care of that. Uh, I got a shout out, Tim Stutzler going 63%, Josh Norris, 69%. Uh, how about Drake Batherson? 100%. But Claude Giroux, 13 for 20, good for 65%. He was a big part of this uh, game as well. And then, hey, Ridley Gregg, 6 for 10, getting back into some good numbers uh, as he's only a few games back from his injury. So all around, great dot, a great night in the dot for the Sens. It certainly was. It was a great night in the dot and on the power play. I mentioned two goals on the power play for the first time since the home opener. What was working for you? Is it just getting that early one out of the way under two minutes in, Claude Giroux, and then going from there? Because that was a workmanlike power play goal, right? Cycle it to the top, shot on net, rebound, bang. Yeah, I thought uh, that the power play was a lot better in this game, especially I like that Chikrin is just firing it from the point. A high wrister. Line gets the save, but Claude Giroux right there to bang in the rebounds. And I thought that was great. And Ross, a big part of this game, at least for me, was the fact that the Ottawa Senators were able to kill off that five on three that happens in the first period. Like that could have really gone the other way. And uh, Patrick Kane had a huge opportunity. Alex DeBrinkin and Patty Kane looked like they were trying to get their Chicago connection back in the mix here, but Corpus Allo makes a big save as Kane can elevate the puck back door. So that's those are the big kind of saves up against the big players that you need to keep your team in the game. So Corpus Allo, that's what we want to see from this guy. I completely agree with you there. And also in, in terms of different players that stepped up in this game, I mean, we keep seeing in the chat, but I feel like we have to talk about Ridley a little yeah. bit more. Like just what is it to you that, that makes him able to, to be that pest out there? Did you, I don't know if you saw, I think it was Fred five for biting a sense central citizen out there on, on Twitter and a great handle too. He had the overhead cam. Yes. It was a face off and, and Ridley just gives him a little, it's nothing malicious. It's nothing that, uh, that could, you know, end up causing an injury, but it's just that little nuisance that he's always reminding you that he's right there and he's going to be annoying. And that's, I feel like this is so overlooked. Uh, the stats nerds haven't found out a percentage or how to quantify this yet, but being a shift disturber, being a pesky, uh, rat like that, like Ridley Gregg, and I say that in an endearing way, has a lot of value. Ridley Gregg, all year before he got injured, he was finding ways to get under guys' skin, and that just throws you off. And the thing is, you want to play a smart, structured game away from your emotions. As soon as you let your emotions start to creep in and get the better of you, you start making rash decisions and decisions that aren't necessarily the most uh responsible i'll say and that throws you off your game so if ridley greg can keep this up while chipping in offensively and as steve uh, our buddy steve thank you says 60 percent in the dot if you can snap him back in the face-off circle too you're going to have a lot of success and you're going to be a big part of the reason why this team keeps annoying other teams and winning hockey games 
And we uh, we talked about it a little bit when when you turned the power play to the PK and that job they did on the five on three kill. Like they had a they had a great five on three kill against the Rangers as well. So yep. there's something about this team. They go with Giroux, Sanderson, and Zub when it goes down to five on three, and just the the calm composure of Claude Giroux just adds such an element to these guys. And everybody plays a little bit bigger, a little bit stronger on the puck, and they're able to get the easy win tonight over Detroit. But the way the first period went, Pilsy, like the two power play goals, let's cancel those two out. Like there wasn't even a lot of of five on five time. I know some people pointed out it was like 11 minutes of even strength, but much of that was four on four. So like Yuri Smake only played 45 seconds in the first period, but at the same time, it's like, I don't blame the coach for that. They're trying to juggle lines and get everybody into a regular program, but there were so many stops and starts. And then the five, six, seven, probably even longer the delay when the injury occurred yeah, there it, long it just felt like you know there there wasn't any flow to this game but i thought both teams went to the locker room and did a good job of coming back and bringing some energy and back and forth play to the start of the second yeah i mean it was especially like ross i don't know when the, we'd have to look back and decide when the switch happened but the ottawa Senators went from being a garbage team in the second period to taking over games in the second period, or, or at least being the better team in the second period. And tonight was uh, the same thing as they end up scoring three goals and one of them pretty quickly as they kind of get the scoring going with that nice play where Tarasenko has a nice one-timer that sneaks under Lions glove on the power play. So, and that was another result of uh, a good play by Jacob Chickern. So, that's what you want to see from this team heading into the second period because they were not able to figure it out earlier on in the season. Uh, Steve also pointing out Hamannick played uh, 11 minutes and 19 seconds in this game, which is by far the lowest among uh, among Senators defensemen. Other than that, Eric Branstrom played 15-51. Look, I, I've been thinking he's been playing better of late this season even, but uh, the last couple of games really haven't gone his way. I don't think. I think other guys have you know stepped up, like Jacob Bernard-Dockers, plus two, plays over 20 minutes. It just feels like the slotting is, is making a lot more sense now, and uh, Chikrin playing just under, like everyone's around 20 minutes, right? You have Sanderson at 23, but just having having Hamannick at, at the that far at the bottom, they did it against Seattle as well when they went 11-7. He only played five minutes or so, and what a surprise. Their better defensive efforts are when they play their best players the most. Now, this might be a rhetorical question, or maybe it's a question that isn't fair to ask just yet, Pilsy, but are we already seeing the influence of Jacques Martin? Because this team looks to and maybe it's Daniel Alfredson too because now that Alfie's been here for over a month like I saw Tim Stutzla instead of dipsy doodling when he gets over the blue line I saw him do it three times tonight that Alfie stop-up play where he curls to the boards and opens himself up for more time and space and then he can make a play off of that so is this something that I don't want to say that look they add a coach and all of a sudden now the coaching is the reason they're winning but even in the two losses this month to Columbus and Toronto, they had a heavy advantage on the shot clock and yeah. really should have won both those games. So yep. I know that there's no moral victories, there's no excuses, but the team has shown now over a five-game sample that they know how to play the right way for a long enough period of time to have the ice tilted towards the opposition for much of the game. Yeah, and I, look, obviously the Sens' record is tough to look at. but 500! Re- 
Yeah, back at 500 for now. But Ross, you know better than anyone, this team gets very nervous being at 500 and they'll probably end up not holding it. Hopefully not. Hopefully not that that's not the case. But I just feel like this team has been, the effort has been there. And you can see that it's not like they're just totally falling apart and letting teams walk over them. But man, when they've had their bad losses, they can't get a save. And this time, Corpusalo. He does a really great job. He hasn't played in a little while here after Forsberg kind of had that hot run where he gets the shutout and then the good game up against the Rangers. But when these goalies can play just a little bit better than average, like Corpy was really good, but he didn't steal this game, I would say. So he was better than average. This team's able to dominate and their skilled players are able to cook. And I thought that's what led them to success tonight. Oh, so much success tonight. Back to 500, still in the basement of the division, still in the basement of the I know, the it's brutal. I wanted to see really one movement like there, there's, Ross. There's a little more hope, Pilsy. There's a little something to yes, build off of here with a divisional win. The Sens still below 500 against the division. They're now 4-5, and five, but Pilsy, 2-0 and oh on the road. They have a win in Toronto and a win in Detroit, and they're going to have to get some more road wins going forward. The rest of this month is you know, a murderer's row at times for the Ottawa Senators. I think they've got a back-to-back in there as well. On the same road trip, they play Colorado, Dallas, and Vegas. And Arizona's winning right now. And, um, you know, even that's no no longer the gimme of the road trip. And uh, it's going to be a heck of a, a month here for the Senators. But I do feel even in their losses to Columbus and to Toronto, that they've shown enough that it, it's it's good vibes right now and good vibes in the chat as well. Okay, I got the story behind why I'm wearing the helmet for this part of the postcast. Pillsy's going to get his. It's en route, man. Uh, shout out to Nick DeFazio and the Ottawa Fire Service. Yep. We appreciate what they do. And if some people are in the chat, you know, maybe one or two Red Wings fans, you know, just trying to mix it up with us. We'll mix it up with you. We're going to get into the situation that unfolded in front of the, uh, of the Senators um, net where, you know, battle for the puck and, and Dylan Larkin goes down in a scary situation. And then David Perron loses all, you know, all thoughts of human life. What would you say? Like, you know, the, it was just a wild moment. Got his wires uh, crossed. Big time. Wires yeah. crossed. That's a, that's a perfect way to put it. So we'll break that down on the other side. And we're going to get to the votes on the poll. Who gets the fire helmet from Vladimir Tarasenko. That's all coming up, but we got to tell you that the postcast is always brought to you by our friends at the Glebe Central Pub. Look, I'm someone who uses the Glebe Central Pub Send Shuttle whenever I can. They're located at 779 Bank Street, and it is never going to be easier to get to Ottawa Senators games than now with the Glebe Central Pub. You buy your tickets online. The link is in our bio in the description below on YouTube, and you can go there and click the game that you want to attend and bang, $17, you show up, you get your wristband, and you're on the bus to and from. The bus leaves a minute, uh, a minute. No, that would not be quick. Um, teleportation, though, coming soon. No, Sue gets you there. Uh, you leave an hour and 15 minutes before puck drop, and I walked in right at the end of warm-up, so it's perfect time to load up on liquids and get to your seat in time for the national anthem. So that's all at the Glebe Central Pub Send Shuttle. $17 round trip, and go check them out at 779 Bank Street, for the heart of the Glebe. So if you're going down to Lansdowne, you're going to go to the canal for escape. Make sure you make the Glebe Central Pub a part of your routine. Visit them, 779 Bank Street, and let them know that Locked On Senators sent you. This postcast is also brought to you by FanDuel. FanDuel is 
the official sportsbook of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's also North America's number one sportsbook. And right now, new customers in the U.S., so Red Wings fans in the chat, this is for you. You can get $150 in bonus bets with any $5 money line bet win. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, now's the time. This app is so easy to use. I love it. It's safe, simple, secure, and you can bet on so many different options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash on and get started today. Ross had Claude Giroux as a lock to get in the mix here. That one hit. Martians had some luck lately. Pilsy's parlay, it's, it's dormant. It's hibernating. Maybe I'll get back in the lab and figure it out. But when I do, you guys know it's FanDuel where I go to place my sports bets. And you can do that too. So check it out today, guys, at FanDuel.com slash on. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Welcome back to the Postcast. I'm Ross Levitan alongside Brandon Pillar. We appreciate you joining us after each and every Ottawa Senators game. We either vent or we vibe, and tonight feels very nice to get the win in Detroit against a team that many put head-to-head and had that rivalry in the February beatdown last year, that that two-game set in Ottawa. And then all of a sudden, heck breaks loose in the first game this season head-to-head. The Wings get the three power play goals. Well, since then, now Ottawa has the last two wins. Timmy Baseball Superstar, what, Timmy Otani? Are we we not (laughs) using that word anymore, Pilsy? But Timmy Superstar smokes one into the back of the net in uh, in overtime with two seconds left. And tonight, it was more reminiscent on the scoreboard as those two games at the end of February where Ottawa just put a beat down on the Detroit Red Wings. Should also note, you know, like a lot of people talking about, you know, Detroit this, Detroit that. Yeah, they've had a good start to the season. There's no doubt. But you look at against Ottawa, they just... They're just not that impressive, Pilsy. I gotta say, they got the they got the comeback in that one game that went to overtime. Otherwise, it was a beatdown. And then tonight, nothing. Since COVID, the Senators are 11 2 and 1 against the Detroit Red Wings wow. and 21 10 and 6 since the Red Wings moved to the Eastern Conference in 2014. So the same rivalry is a hammer and a nail, but it also gets pretty heated out there. For sure. So lots to uh, to still break down. Pilsy, should we get to the results of the votes first? Should we get to our Send Central standouts? Or should we break down what was probably, you know, the Sportsnet highlight part of the game, like the plot of the game with the injuries and the chaos that ensued around that play? I mean, we're 24 minutes in, Ross. I feel like we, we should get to that moment. Uh it's a moment no one wants to see, especially when it's uh, big-time players like Dylan Larkin. It's a scrum in front of the net. And look, Matthew Joseph clearly is trying to box him out. There's there's no question that he, he's trying to make contact there. But I do think it's important to look at that replay and see that Matthew Joseph is bumped. And that kind of pushes him even further. And he's falling while he's boxing out Larkin. And... 100% he catches him high. He hits him right in the head with basically the the side of his stick. And you don't want to see that at all. But I don't think that was his intention. I think he's just going for a shoulder, trying to keep him out. And then the thing, too, is as Larkin's falling, it looks like he ends up catching the, the side of Parker Kelly as well. So that's kind of like a, a smush momentum crash right there. And obviously that leads to some serious pain for Dylan Larkin as 
pretty scary moment when you see a guy lying on the ice like that, completely lifeless. Like most of the time you see their legs kind of moving and they're, you know, they're shaking in pain a little, but there was zero movement from Dylan Larkin for, I don't know, a good 20, 30 seconds. Like it seemed like an eternity and they're calling guys over from the stretcher right away. But the one thing that they don't show in that play, and obviously uh, it goes without saying, but it has to be mentioned, we hope Dylan Larkin's okay and you never want to see anything like that at all, no matter what team or what player it is. Scary stuff. Uh, but what they didn't really show in the first, I don't know, 10 minutes of replays was behind the play, Darren, D- Darren David Perron just getting his wires crossed and immediately going after Artem Zub. Now, look, if you kind of take a, a second to think about this scenario, it seems like David Prawn is looking the other way. He's involved in, in the play. He's not really, he doesn't really see what happens. He turns around and he sees Dylan Larkin lifeless on the ice with Artem Zub standing over him. That's a shoot first, ask questions later type of thing, right? Your captain's down like that. You're going after the closest guy or the guy you think did that to him. And he just, cross-check Zub right in the face now that's clearly a play that can't happen now is it retaliation for what happened to Larkin absolutely but I think I think the refs got this one right like Parker Kelly and Joseph both getting two minutes for roughing and then Perron getting the five minute major here for intent to injure so it's a weird play a lot of chaos a lot of bumping bodies and ultimately you just hope that Dylan Larkin's okay. That's the worst part of this play because, fortunately, Artem Zub, there's no issues there. He continues to play and, and seems all right, which is great for Sens fans, especially after Artem Zub suffered a head injury early on this season. You kind of get a little nervous there. But the the big thing is hopefully Dylan Larkin's okay. Couldn't agree more. Like, that's obviously the first thought. And, and Dylan Larkin's had concussion issues before, so you never want to see that. And I think he yeah. did a good job of breaking it down. And at the same time, if you're Artem Zub, like you're probably best to like put your hands up knowing that he's coming for you. But then in that moment as well, the number one concern as we've covered is about Dylan Larkin. And not only is Artem Zub not looking or paying attention to David Perron, he's actively trying to wave out help yeah. for Perron. That's where it's like, yeah, I, I understand that it's your captain. He's down. It was scary. I honestly thought he was dead. Like I didn't see it what was happened. scary. Like, it was scary. He did not move. Yeah. Like when you see like the, the like a, a murder scene where it's like tape around, like they always have like the arms out, like that's how he was laying on the ice. Yeah. It was an extremely scary situation. So I just don't know why your first thought. And not only that, he ju- like Zub is like standing over top of Larkin. How stupid are you? There's a large chance that you're going to, that Zub, like he fell sideways. What if he falls on top of Larkin? It was just, it was a bonehead move and it was a deserved match penalty for, for David Perron. Obviously, uh, I mean, the replay looked so bad for, for Joseph when you slow it down. It's like, yeah, you get a punch right to the chin. But as Martin Mathot explained, like in the middle of a scrum, like there is back and forth where you ride up a guy's shoulder, but it's just, you know, it rolled up his shoulder and got his chin and, you know, you get hit in the, the wrong spot at the wrong time and, and it's yeah. lights out. Well, I think the worst part of that is, Ross, like I mentioned, Joseph does get bumped a little. It doesn't excuse him for getting a stick up high. you got to be responsible for your stick 100%. 
But the real issue is as Larkin's falling, then Parker Kelly ends up hitting him the other way. And I think that's where things kind of click and that's where the real injury happens. So tough. And then, yeah, like you mentioned, like David Prawn, you got to have a little more awareness there being like, okay, I'm going to get my kind of pound of flesh. I'm going to get my revenge here, but I'm going to do it in a way that makes sure that this dog pile doesn't fall on my captain that's down here. And it's, he got his wires crossed. It's as simple as that. Like there's no explanation. There's no, there's no way to try to figure out what David Prawn was doing or thinking. He just saw his captain down and lost it. No, no regard for human life after that. He's just going for revenge right there. And you know what? At, at the same time, Ross, obviously he got the wrong guy and he did uh, way over the top move, but that's what you want from your teammates. Like if if Brady Kachuk was down like that, I'd want I'd want the Sens players uh, kicking ass and taking names later. Like you don't you don't try to figure it out in the moment. You just go nuts and you try to defend your captain because that's a teammate lifeless on the ground there. Like geez. Yeah, you know, well said. No, you're right. It, it was scary, and and hopefully uh, Larkin is okay. I'm glad that the uh, stretcher was waved off, and like obviously yeah. bring it out to make sure, but he was able to get off the ice under his own power. So yeah, I think at the end of the day, I'm, I'm comfortable with how the penalties were handed out, except I do think that David Perron deserves to have, I would say realistically, I know I went over the top online, just having some fun <laughs> with wings fans who are legitimately the easiest to rile up in the national hockey league. And, and we'll take that all day. Appreciate the, uh, you know, the impressions there, but uh, another part of that, that I found, I found, uh, you know, to be, or sorry, what I was going to say about it, I think it needs to be five games. Five games to me is, is like, it's a blatant attempt to injure. And the difference, because Wings fans keep coming back and saying like, oh, well, you know, Joseph, like if Joseph gets one game, and again, people pointing out in the chat too, like Parker Kelly was the one who actually delivered the knockout blow. Yeah. I think as he was already on his way down, you know, he glanced off of Parker Kelly's stick in the wrong spot, but all that to say, it's intent versus result. I, I think that you could, you could realistically draw that up as a battle in front gone wrong. Okay, yep. it, go, it goes wrong. Sure, you want a punishment, but Perron was premeditated, retaliatory, and against an unsuspecting opponent who was actually trying to help the situation and also wasn't even the guy who did the crime. There were two guys who did the crime on the ice. There were They were shorthanded at the time. There were only four guys on the ice. Yeah, you had a two out of four chance, a 50-50 chance, and you missed it. And you missed, so you should be paying for that too because I'm not a math guy, but that's pretty embarrassing as well. Although, you know he's not there. I get that he's looking the other way, but yeah, that that's my thoughts on it, Pillsy. And I think with that, we should move on to our Send Central standouts. Yep. I got a little, um, you know, a mid-course for it because we had uh, my cousin had a couple buddies who went down to the game. I just clipped a nine-second thing of this. Jeff Cheek and Jeff Lynch absolute beauties down in Detroit. So I'm going to play you a little nine second clip, their thoughts on tonight's uh, Ottawa senators game in Detroit against the red wings. Pelzi start yelling at me. If the audio doesn't play, it's just a nine second clip here. Tell you what, that was, that was to quote the return of Jacques Martin. That was a man's game at Detroit. Looked like a bunch of boys out there. That's just it. Man's game out there. Pelzi. And Detroit was playing like a bunch of boys. And it was a bully fest uh, for the Ottawa Senators. And with that, I mean, they they later on in the video, and, and maybe I'll post the full one, uh, whether it's as a standalone on, on YouTube, maybe on Twitter, something like that. Go visit 
at Send Central. They said, how long till Jake Sanderson is seen as the best defenseman <laughs> in Senators history? It's easy to laugh at that, Pilsy, yeah. but it's also easy to point out that the Detroit Red Wings had fourth overall in that draft. They could have a defensive pair of Jake Sanderson and Moritz Sider. Now, Lucas Raymond, nice player. This is nothing against Lucas Raymond, but Jake Sanderson is going to go down as the best defenseman in that draft class. Heck, he's already sitting, Pilsy at 46 career points, and he hasn't hit 100 games. This guy's a half a point per game defenseman who was discussed over and over again as a guy whose offense is not the best part of his game at all. This kid is incredible. I know tonight's goal, it's not like a you know a blast from the point like in the first game against Detroit, but that's as, as skilled of a move. pretty impressive, yeah. He sent that thing 200 feet down, and he hit middle middle of the net. Yeah, it's crazy. Like, honestly, that was such an impressive move, and he did it with such determination and confidence, and he had to get that off quickly. Like, uh, they were on him pretty quick there, and he just spins around, looks up, fires it, and, yeah, right drills it to the back of the middle of the net there. You'll love to see that from number 85. Before we get to our Send Central standout, Sens fan and Van, who's awesome, we appreciate it. And the best part is whenever we get to pull up their post, it's the cutest puppy there, too. So we love that here. <laughs> I'm a sucker for, for puppies. Pilsy hates puppies, but um, Pilsy's <laughs> a good not guy. true. <laughs> get that <laughs> slander out of your mouth. <laughs> I'm kidding. Pilsy loves all animals. Chickens, cats, dogs, yeah, you I'm name an animal it. guy, yeah. Pilsy is a big animal guy. Uh, Sense fan in van says, uh, the sports net was a, a Detroit feed. Now, I worked, I worked the Jets game last Saturday with this same panel, the same guys who were calling the game. I don't want to get into like the quality of the broadcast, but I did notice a few times, like they didn't perfect. This is what I'll say. And Pilsy, I'd like you to go off if I speak, but no, what I will say is they did 10 minutes of reviews on the Larkin play. And not once showed the David Perron. Yeah, that's the thing. That's what I'm saying. They showed so many reviews of that. And then when they called Perron for a five minute major, I was like, what like where is that coming from like how did you show the review that many times and you didn't show that part of the play that was wild to me ross you know what that's i'm not putting that on the the two broadcasters as a replay guy myself that's on the replay guy like the replay guy in the truck has got to be going hey guys i think we've shown this enough of uh larkin getting hit i think the 20 replays we showed are suffice enough. How about you take a look at my other camera angle here, the camera two of Perron just viciously attacking Zoop with a cross check to the face. Like, I can't believe that they didn't have that. So that one, uh, as a replay guy, Ross, I'm blaming the replay guy in the truck on Sportsnet on that one. Be better. Come on. Lot of chickens. 50,000 new Sens fans arrived in the barn yesterday. All right. New Sens fans arrived in the barn. I love it. Hot lunch is here. I'm here, Ross Levitan, alongside Brandon Pillar. Might get a random drop in here from Martian, uh, but right now we're getting to our Send Central standouts presented by the Glebe Central Pub. On the way there, the helmet. Okay, I, I got to get this helmet story out, Pillar. I don't even know this story. Let's let's hear it. Oh, so, okay. Stolen Valor, and we already asked Nick DeFazio. He said we're able to wear it, so we've been, you know, we've been knighted to wear these these helmets in honor of the Ottawa Senators and yes. what the Ottawa Fire Service does for us. It's an honor. Now, I use carry-on only when I travel. So, obviously, I don't have enough room, 
So I have this thing hooked onto my backpack. So I'm pulling power <laughs> the whole way through. Everyone thinks I'm a firefighter. Carrying my, my helmet through the through the Pearson Airport. Planes delayed. You know, I'm taking up all kinds of room. I've got my big carry-on. I got my bag and this. This thing is not small. It's not light. Okay. So I'm carrying it this whole way. Then I go to work today. I come back. And uh, it's sitting on the couch right beside me. I was like, I just carried this thing so far. I embarrassed myself time and time again because I am not, I don't deserve to wear this on a day-to-day basis. So I said, you know what? I'm going to wear this for the first two minutes of the game. Stens have been inconsistent. I'm going to wear it for two minutes. Guess what happens? Goal. Claude Giroux scores the goal. Okay. So I'm already feeling good. Then my food arrives. I had some great fried chicken tonight. Uh, Sorry, fried rice with chicken. Great meal. But obviously, I'm not going to wear I'm not going to wear this while I eat. I take it off. Guess what? Patrick Kane scores. So I put it back on Pillsy. And then all of a sudden, it's bang, 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 sends win the game. So I don't know if I just, you know, went backwards into a new, you know, um, what do you call it? A ritual or a superstition? Yep. But I might have. I might have. I might have to wear this helmet wherever I am when the Senators play. I was going to say, if that's what you got to do, Ross, you got to do that because this team needs any kind of mojo, any kind of superstitious, anything behind the scenes that can help them get more 5-1 wins up against division rivals. Let's go. All right. Lead us off, Pillsy. Our Send Central standouts presented by the Glebe Central Pub following an Ottawa Senators 5-1 road win against their Atlantic division rival, the Detroit Red Wings. You know what? We're a hashtag goalie-friendly show, and this is a 5-1 game. My first Send Central standout. Eunice, Corpusalo. I mean, 30 saves, 31 shots. Patty Kane beats you, but that's a nice shot from a great player. I'm not going to get too upset there. Uh, but he had a lot of really great saves. Like, there was one uh, one chance. I'm trying to find it uh, in my notes. But he had to make, like, three or four saves Um in a row. And there was just so many opportunities that the Red Wings had where Corpusala was sharp. I thought he played an overall solid game, not a lot of rebound chances. Uh, the glove hand was looking nice. He had a couple good shoulder saves. He didn't have any of those weird, is he going to play the puck? Is he not going to play the puck? Miscommunications with the defenseman. So even though Corpusala has been sitting on the bench for a little bit here, he came in and he got the job done. So shout out Eunice Corpusala. I like that. Read that, Pelzi. But Eunice Corpusala was awesome in this game, especially in the first period there uh, when the Red Wings had seven shots. So the way this game started, I think, is the perfect example for how Eunice Corpusala deserves a ton of credit in this game. Look, Ottawa gets the power play. They cash in right away, two minutes in. But the shots are 5 nothing Ottawa until Brady takes a hard slashing penalty and probably one, like, I don't know, whatever. He takes the penalty. And on that power play, it ends up being a five on three. So it's extended beyond two minutes. Detroit got seven shots on that man advantage, the two. And those weren't easy shots to face in the first six, seven minutes of the game. He was incredible, man. Not only that, I thought there were a couple of times where Detroit started to get a lot of zone time and he would just, you know, catch the puck, quick whistle. Best skill that's underrated by a goalie is having the the um, acumen and ability, and Anderson, Craig Anderson was great with this, is knowing when to freeze the puck just to take a breath. Yes. There were some times where Ottawa could have easily, or Corpus Allo could have easily moved the puck, and they could have just broken out slow. But he recognized, and I remember one in particular where JBD was kind of like, you know, out there for a minute, minute 10, and he goes, no, I'll just cover it, all good. 
we'll just take the face off. And then to your point, Pilsy, and they go 59% exactly. in the yeah. dot. Yeah, especially when you're recognizing your team is dominating in, in the dot. And that's just that's kind of one of those check the game notes uh, as well, right? Like no JT Confer, now Dylan Larkin's out. So these guys are weak up the middle. They're already playing 11 and 7. So take slow it down, take the face off, get possession, and allow your team to control the pace of the game here. You don't need to be chucking it out and trying to make sure that uh, they're, you, they're staying fast. Slow it down, control the game, possess the puck. And I thought that was a good job by Corpy. So that's why I wanted to give him a shout out right off the bat. For sure. Chad agrees that that was a Corpy win tonight. And a lot of people like our guy, Matt, who was at the Glebe Central Pub on Thursday as well, nice. are saying that you win and you're in. So I want the chat to let us know here while we're talking about Corpusallo. Yep. He's probably going to start, right? Oh, yeah. Game? I give him the start up against Carolina for sure. Because then, Ross, he got a back-to-back right after that. So then Forsberg's going to get back in the mix here too. So that's not too long of a break. And we'll have time to break down the Carolina game on Monday. But they've literally gone Winnipeg, Edmonton, Calgary, Vancouver, and now are flying across the country to Ottawa to play there. So that's... That's and a it hasn't been easy team. on them. Rod Brindamore said in, in the first period when he was getting interviewed on the bench, I think we're going to lose 50 nothing. They were down five zip to the Oilers right off the well, hop. We know he likes his hyperbole. Eh? They didn't get swept. <laughs> yeah, although that wasn't too far off. I think the Edmonton Oilers broke a franchise record for fastest goals scored. They had two goals in the first minute of the game. And you're talking about a team that had Gretzky, Messier. Like, these guys were absolute killers. And that was the night they get the record for fastest goals. Like, sheesh. That's amazing. So, Yunus Corpusalo, our number one Send Central standout. And Matthew points out that was Yunus Corpusalo's 100th career win. So stick taps to Eunice Corpusalo for his uh, 100th career win in this game. All right. So with my first Sen Central standout, Pilsy, I know we're going to get to the defensemen, so I'm going to leave them. I want to group them all together. Vladimir Tarasenko stays hot. Like this guy, when he's at the top yep. of his game, he's so fun to watch because I was sold, I was sold on him as a, a goal scorer, a sniper. This guy's just as good, if not a better playmaker. And I don't know what took them so long to put them with Tim Stutzla, but those two together are making magic out on the ice. I love the style that they play together. They feed off each other. And Tarasenko, he's throwing his body around down low. He was giving himself some extra ice. So I want to shout out Vladimir Tarasenko as a guy who went 13 games without a goal. And now, yeah, it's not, you know, in the back of the net for him tonight. But but what it is, is it's a game where, where he can, tri- or sorry, he is in the back. He, I knew he scored a goal, a goal and an assist in this game for Tarasenko. Oh, yeah. So for me, it's it's him doing the little things on the ice that are now being paid off. In and now all of a sudden he's on a little stretch where it's a heater from a cold streak. So hopefully Kubalik's next doing that. Yeah, well, and Ross, the good thing is this is especially important for Vladimir Tarasenko to get hot right now because he was struggling. And rightfully so, on that line with uh, Kubelik and Chartier. So now he gets elevated onto a line with some playmakers like Tim Stutzel and Drake Batherson. If he had stayed cold, then maybe DJ Smith is like, okay, I'm sending you back down. You can't do it with these guys. We'll just send you back down here. But he's showing DJ Smith, hey, I'm a, I'm a perennial 30-goal scorer. Like, put me with some offensive guys here. Give me some support. Give me the puck here. And now he's getting it, and he's making the most of it. And, yeah, like Nick Spence says, Tarasenko Stutzla-Batherson is 
pretty much the top line here. So I love to see it from Vladimir Tarasenko. And I just want to do it snake style because it's on his line. Dude, that pass Drake Batherson made gets him a standout from me. Yeah. He he creates, he opens ice, he creates time as well with the pullback. And then a little one hop saucer pass. It was it was just brilliant. And Timmy so has a great finish, comes in with speed, but like that's when Batherson's at his best. He's manipulating in the offensive zone. Never gonna beat you with straight speed but it's the little intricacies with the way he positions his stick that allows him to create. And his, his passing was unreal tonight. Yep. Agreed. Uh, and that's the playmaking ability he's able to have. Yeah, exactly. Like Jordy's saying there, uh, my next sense central standout, we already talked about it a little bit, but Claude Giroux, I mean, Claude Giroux has been stringing together a bunch of really good uh, games and perfect timing for my guy, Senator here. G second fastest send to a hundred points. Suck it. Yash. And yeah, Claude Giroux is that dude, and he's showing it. He goes 65% in the dot, a goal and an assist tonight. Ross, Giroux might eclipse or uh, surpass, I should say, his point total from last season. And our guy, guest of the show, his trainer, Tony Greco, told us, guys, I know this is cliche to be saying from a trainer and uh, right before uh, training camp and in the offseason – but Drew's in the best shape of his life. He's going to have another big year here. And uh, clearly he he was right on the head right there because Claude Drew's continuing to have a great game. And I, I like uh, I like that line of Brady, Norris, and Drew as well. Maybe not the, the most effective line, but they're playing well too. And it's allowing the rest of the roster to shake out nicely. So shout out, G. How many shots on goal in this game for, uh, for Claude Drew? Oh, I think he had a bunch. Uh, I could tell you right now. Five. Five shots on goal in 21 minutes and 13 seconds. That's amazing. And if you look at it as well, I'm just going to ballpark the last one. I'll say 58 point. uh, I'll just leave it as it. What was he tonight? Around 60% in the dot. Yeah. 65. Exactly. 65. I'll I'll bump him up 0.1 for his time in Ottawa. Guys. I know I can't, I came almost too prepared tonight. I was ready tonight with this one. And when it's uh, on with Claude Drew, you know I've already got the template ready to go. So you know this wasn't going to miss. And you just look. The numbers are actually like so incredible that that they have to be looked at in front of the screen. 101 points in 104 games. By the way, can we talk for just a moment how Danny Heatley is first? So he's second. Danny Heatley got 100 points in 80 games. Wait, I thought Yashin was first. No, he said suck it. Yeah, Yashin was third. Oh, gotcha. gotcha. It was close. It was like Yashin was third at like 107, something like that. And he got it at 104, and then Heatley's at 80. Yeah, (laughs) Jesus Christ, that's insane. I mean, when you get back-to-back 50-goal seasons, that'll happen. Yeah, exactly. And I've got it right here. Yeah, 107 for Yashin, 104 for Giroux, and 80 for Danny Heatley. So shout-out to uh, John Pearlberg with TSN for that. Even when the game isn't on TSN, TSN brings you the best stat of the night. And shout out to Claude Giroux as well uh, for being a Sense Central standout in this one. Can I just uh, can I just do Jacob for my Sense Central standout? Because I want all three of them. Yeah, honestly, go for it. I will allow it. It's it's so impressive to to see what Jake Sanderson is doing for his age, dude. Like, look at the ups and downs from him. I'm just gonna point out, and I know there's been some injury concerns with him, but heck, Sanderson went through some injuries when he was in college, but like Jamie Drysdale has had moments where it's like, yeah, we see the potential. 
But the consistency of Jake Sanderson when he's not paired with Travis Hamnick this year, yeah. if you took out all of his time with Hamnick, it's his numbers, I bet, are among the best defensemen in the league. Yeah, and that's the thing. Jake Sanderson just – there's so many times throughout the game where he's – I don't want to say out of the play, but a normal player would kind of be out of the play. But his skating is so good, he's right back in it. And not only does he get back in the play, he makes the right play to break it up uh, defensively. And then you mix in his offensive capability. Sure, it's an empty net goal, but it's still a really skilled play to send it 200 feet that high right in the net. And he continues to be an excellent player that is just going to get better and better and better. I mean, he's still on his entry-level contract. And then after that... You got him locked up for eight more years. So enjoy the next nine years of Jake Sanderson as we'll get to watch him grow into his prime and play in his prime as an Ottawa Senator. It's beautiful. It really is, man. The poise that he plays with, he's always thinking the right way. And like, I honestly want to give almost as big of a shout out recently um, <laughs> to, uh, to Jacob Bernard Docker, because like they yep. never played together at North Dakota. Like they played on the same team, but they were never on a pair together. It was always JBD with Matt Kierstad, and, and they were only there for the one year together. Sanderson, it was like we didn't want to give him too much too soon, but then the, by the second part of the year, it's like, oh, now we have two great pairs because yeah. he was so good and, and controlling the play in, in the right way. So um, for those two to find chemistry right away, I mean, both of them would probably tell you they're easy to play with, right? JBD doesn't want the puck on his stick too, too much, but I even thought he was more confident even a couple times tonight, Pilsy. Sanderson would leave it behind the net, and JBD actually ran the breakout. I noticed a couple of times. So, you know, he's showing so much more confidence. He tried to lay a good hit on Alex to but wasn't able to quite, uh, you know, knock him down the way he has a few guys recently, yeah. but uh, they were both great. And, and as you already noted earlier in the show that JB or uh, Jacob Chikrin was also skating in this one and putting pucks on net. Uh, did it hit for me? Oh, two shots at over two and a half, but ah. uh, he, he matched his shot total with two assists tonight. And after being minus two against Toronto, he's plus two tonight. So uh, a nice, nice night for, uh, for our guy, Jacob Chikrin and the senators decor as a whole, like you look at it like Zub, just calm, steady presence. And I think you're really just looking at who's going to replace Hamannick yeah. sooner rather than later. And is this something Pilsy where, where you look outside the organization. I think that might be if the Senators can win a few more games, because you can't be, I don't think, in the position that Ottawa is and, you know, make a, you know, a buying move just yet. I think this this core needs to figure it out a little bit, but that could be a conversation that comes up sooner rather than later. Is it like, is it time to go out and get, you know, a, a guy? And Chris Tanev just comes to mind because he's very good at defensive hockey player and he signed to a one-year expiring contract. I think those are two things that would be really good for Ottawa. But I think the price to acquire him would be much too high right now. You want to see what you have with when you have Shane Pinto in and you want to see how everything looks up front. But man, it's tempting because you see the nucleus of what these guys have right now outside of them. Well, and they can't afford his cap either, which is unfortunate. So I think if they if they were to do something, Ross, it would kind of be taking a flyer on a bottom pair defenseman on an expiring deal just to kind of bolster things at, at, at like maybe a cheap draft pick cost. I don't, they just don't have a lot of flexibility, unfortunately, right now. But with Thomas Shabbat being on LTIR and no kind of definitive timeline, maybe you're enticed to do that and then just try to figure it out later, move some money out later. But 
It'll be interesting. I, I think before they do that, Ross, they should give uh, Max Gannett a, a, at least a look, right? Like, why not see what you got if that's what you're going to do before you go out and move money and spend draft picks to bring a guy in? Okay, I like that. Any final thoughts, Bill? This has been a great postcast. Over 500 citizens in the chat oh, yeah. throughout the night. Uh, we got a boots on the ground report from our guys, uh, Jeff and Jeff. Spelt differently, I may add, nice. but a couple beauties. They run another Ottawa Senators blog, it's called. So they're absolute beauties. Boots on the ground tonight with my cousin Matthew. So great, uh, great to have that perspective. Dr. Bob, we got to see on TV yep. tonight. And like, this is the difference between TSN and sports. And I will say this. TSN goes, hey, that's Dr. Bob. Yes. Sportsnet's like, look at these Sens fans, right? Like they don't <laughs> personalize it. Yeah, and and I think the the comment too was yeah a quick trip for uh, Sens fans to come to Detroit a quick trip Doctor Bob has put over a th- hundred thousand kilometers on that Toyota get with it but we do know he lives in Southern Ontario so this probably is the closest place true I mean fair yeah yeah fair maybe they knew that we'll give him benefit of the doubt maybe they knew that uh, Kevin wants a postcast after dark Kevin we've just decided that it's Saturday. Like we're after dark right now, Kev, like we're, we're going with an extra long one. The yeah. citizens are, are being great in the chat. We absolutely love it. couple wings fans have come and gone. You know, they've, they've listened to our takes. They've hated them and then they leave. So it's all good, man. They, they fly away with their broken wings, but right now it's all vibing after the Sens get the victory back to 500. 11 and 11 praise Alfie Let's down go. to 22 games and a busy month continues. But Pilsy, um, we should. I feel like wrapping up the postcast sometimes, looking at the out-of-town scoreboards, kind of nice if people are, are waking up and looking. You know where I'm going with this. Yes. You know where I'm going with this, eh? Yes. Go ahead. Yet another three-point game for Atlantic Division teams. The Montreal Canadiens get the win in a shootout over the Buffalo Sabres. And, Ross, to add salt to the wound here, in almost all of the East Coast versus West Coast matchups, the East Coast teams won. Uh, Boston versus Arizona. Boston wins. New Jersey versus Calgary. Uh, New Jersey wins. Toronto versus Nashville. Toronto wins. Uh, I'm trying to look at... Oh, the New York Islanders win in overtime here. Philly is winning in their game. And, of course, Tampa is winning in their game. So, like, the out-of-town scoreboard. The hockey gods are just smiting the Ottawa Senators. But do you know what I'm I'm gaining from this? Tell me. Let's hear it. These aren't the games in hand because everybody's playing. Nice. I like that spin zone, Ross. I mean, we still got our games right here. Yeah, yeah. We we, we got the games. Our, our cup runneth over with games in hand. But you got to win those games in hand and you got to have those, those teams lose uh, as you go along here. So. A, a nice victory for the Ottawa Senators, though. We're not gonna we're not gonna water it down here by the out of town scoreboard because a five one win over the Detroit Red Wings is a beautiful thing. Like no bad performances tonight. No, I mean, like even Hamnick, like obviously not a great game, but I'm not looking at him being like, wow, that was terrible. So, and Zach McEwen doesn't play, so that's nice. And you know what? This is great for uh, Yuri Smakeout, like. That video of him doing the rookie lap, Ross, we haven't seen anything close to a smile on Yuri Smakeout's face all season. He was 
grinning from cheek to cheek. So you'll love to see that from uh, a guy in his mid to late 20s getting an opportunity to play in the NHL after a long road to get here, like you mentioned, Ross. So hopefully that can spark some uh, some fire in Yerish Makeout because I, I, I believe he can be a nice fourth-line player. Yeah, he only played 655 tonight. We talked about it not much at all in the first period. Got out there for a garbage time power play with the last two minutes in this game. And like, yeah, like he's got to play the next game, right? Like you can't take him out. You're not changing anything when you go home and play Carolina. Now, Carolina is a speed team. They are an on-you-fast team. So it'll be interesting to see how Smakehouse game responds to that because he's more of a big body ground, grind you down low. But yeah, I'm excited to see what happens. Like solid, no mistakes, right? That's what you yep. needed from Smake. And you know what? Actually, I'm going to go a step further. He had a nice little chip and chase where he evaded the defenseman, went in, poked the puck, went off, and then 30 seconds later or less, then then they score that Kubalik goal. So it wasn't All a right. direct uh, a direct assist, but my guy Max was quick to mention to me because he texted me earlier today. He said. I got this feeling about Yuri Smakehouse. So he goes, I'm going to take a, a quarter credit on that one uh, yes. with, with the situation. But no, all uh, all joking aside, um, we are, again, waiting update for Dylan Larkin, hoping that he's all right. Uh, we're waiting to hear that David Perron has a hearing with the league. And uh, you know what? To me, Matthew Joseph answered the bell, fought Christian Fisher in, in the start of the third period. And uh, got booed the rest of the night. I, I like the vibes with the boos. I, I think that that's good. Ottawa obviously booing Alex to bring it. And uh, my final note, Pillsy, is just a just a classic, classic Alex to bring it game. Gets his point on the power play. Otherwise, not very noticeable. Three shots on goal. Fanned on a glorious opportunity. The equivalent of hitting the post. Fanning on it. And he's dashed three at the end of the night. So... Well, I don't know, Ross. Maybe, maybe just lazy on some plays. Uh, maybe not his he best effort going going for the puck. And uh, yeah. Oh, he was so happy when Kane scored that goal. So to watch it just disintegrate was just fantastic to see. Yeah, you love to see it. You absolutely love to see it if you're a Sens fan. Um, so those are our thoughts on this game. Let's get some go Sens go in the chat. We are nearing. The one-hour mark, which means it's been a phenomenal postcast. Getting the chance to chat with everybody after the oh, yeah. Ottawa Senators earn a glorious 5-1 victory. Already their third matchup against the Detroit Red Wings this season. When's the two final? 2-1 one, one, one record also. What's that? 2-1 and one record versus the Wings so far in the first three games. Thank you. When is the, the final game? Oh, it's got to be. It's got to be late. I hope oh, it's like no, here it is. Uh, January 31st, Ross, in Detroit. Oh, so that's middle. That's that's yeah, game 47. So hey, Jane Pinto will be in the lineup uh, the next time these two teams face off. Hopefully, let's hope so. Yeah, let's hope so. Oh man, the chat's been fantastic tonight. We really appreciate you all, Steve G, Buck, Danny, Sense Fan in Van. You guys are all so kind, Mo as well, Nicholas. Um, and sense fan. And, oh, let's answer. I don't know if you saw this one already. Nicholas asking, are we getting Giroud jerseys? That white one right there has no name or no number. That's going to be a Claude Giroud jersey. It has to be the way he plays the heart, Love soul, it. determination. It, it has to be a, a Sens fan must have for this era. Cause I, I still think we're like three, four years left in the Claude Giroux era. I really do believe he's not even like 
close to to fit. He's how going past he? this contract. He's going past this contract. How, that, how that could he? Say with certainty. Yeah, he's getting multi-point nights every second game. Yeah, he must be having so much fun, and he wants his kids to grow up around it. So Nicholas, it's the hardest of hard yeses that yeah. we are rocking um, Giroud jerseys. Giroud jerseys are going to be cool for the rest of time at the CTC. So okay. get one. Get one for sure. Um, appreciate that, Nick, and appreciate the Ottawa Senators for showing up tonight and making our job fun here in the postcast. We vent or vibe, but certainly the night that I bring, I take this whole travel day with the fire helmet. Shout out to Ottawa Fire Service and Nick DeFazio. I needed to be able to put it on and rock it with pride as the Ottawa Senators earn a 5-1 victory over the Detroit Red Wings at Little Caesars Palace in Detroit. A road win for Ottawa. They outshoot the Detroit Red Wings 37-31, to 31, and they come out with the 5-1 victory. For Brandon Piller, I'm Ross Levitan. This has been the postcast presented by the Locked On Senators podcast and the Glebe Central Pub. Go make sure to visit the Glebe Central Pub right in the heart of the Glebe. Visit them for great food, tasty drinks, and oh yeah, the Send Shuttle. Get to and from the CTC for $17 round trip. Let's get some Go Sends Go in the chat. We will see you all on Monday for another edition of the Locked On Senators podcast. It's your team every day.